Hello, listeners and fellow explorers. This is Living in the Sprawl's lovely and talented producer-slash-wife, Lisa Steinberg. I wanted to thank all of you for your continuous support of the show. As a new podcast on the scene, John and I self-support the logistics and research that go into the show. The number one way to support the show is to rate, review, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Many of you have been doing this, and it has helped immensely. I also invite you to check out our website and the show notes for other ways to support the show. We are currently working with companies we currently use ourselves to get discount codes for our listeners and support the show in the process. These companies include Every Table, Just CBD Store, Gold Belly, Cats Botanicals, and so much more. By using the links on our website, you are letting them know we sent you and in turn supporting the show. You can also support us on Patreon and Podfan. Please check out the website at livinginthesprawlpodcast.com for updates on companies we are working with, our testimonies, links, codes, and new Living in the Sprawl merchandise. Again, thank you to all of you, our lovely listeners, for tuning in every week and allowing us to do what we love. Without further ado, your humble correspondent, John Steinberg. Hello. And welcome to another installment of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. I am, as always, your humble correspondent and host. My name is John Steinberg, joined in tandem by my lovely and talented producer, slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises, ready to bring you another exciting foray into the vast, expansive terrain that we have lovingly dubbed the Sprawl. On the show today, we're going to be taking a trip down the coast, surveying some of the best that Southern California has to offer when it comes to surfing. Now, in 1957, the novel Gidget was published. Author Frederick Koner had based what would become his landmark story after his 16-year-old daughter, Kathy. Gidget would go on to feature in three big-time Hollywood movies. And if we were to trace the story of Southern California in surfing, the release of the film Gidget based upon the novel, would be a good place to start. After 1957, Gidget found favor with audiences across the country, and the trilogy, which centered around the exploits of know-it-all, beach-bound California girl Gidget, would inspire a nation. The Gidget movies, the first of which starred Sandra Dee, were transmitted all across the country and around the globe and projected an image of sunny Southern California. Everything seemed to sparkle from the crashing waves hitting enormous rock formations to the impossibly good-looking natives who frolic on the nearby sand. After Gidget, Beach Blanket Bingo, and a hundred other similar entries. But then we got a little bit more serious. The Endless Summer came along, profiling a couple of surfers whose aim it was to travel to countries where surfing was in season so that they could enjoy what seemed to them to be an endless summer. Surfing in Southern California are kind of inseparable. 
Even though, broadly speaking, the majority of Southern California, just from a sheer size of the area perspective, much of the actual land is located inland. But rather than broadcast an image of an endless desert to the world, movie makers, pop culture, aficionados, and those that would shape the cultural taste broadcast the quintessential image of the California surfing life. Today, the surfing scene is as vibrant as it ever was, with tremendous spots littered all the way down the California coastline. Today, we're going to focus on 10 spots, our favorite 10 locations to check out if you're in the mood for some surfing in Southern California. Let's begin. Number 10, Zuma Beach in Malibu. One of the more famous entries on this list, Zuma Beach has invited guests from every corner of the world with its picturesque landscape and ample room for those interested in swimming. But the surfing at Zuma Beach is some of the best that you'll find anywhere in Los Angeles County. Malibu, along with overseas counterparts in places like Australia, Tahiti, New Zealand, Fiji, is inarguably world famous. A great place for both beginners and those with some experience on their side, Zuma Beach is sure to delight anyone that approaches the water board in hand. Number nine, El Porto in Manhattan Beach. Striding the boundary between Manhattan Beach and its neighbors to the north, El Porto is a special place nestled among a bevy of other special places. Practically anywhere you decide to surf in the beach cities, these being Redondo, Hermosa, and Manhattan, is going to be an enviable experience but for the best this area has to offer, check out El Porto. Surfing competitions have been held here in the past. It's a very popular place for locals and visitors alike. And if you've never spent a summer Saturday in Manhattan Beach, you haven't truly lived. The surfing here is spectacular, rivaling anything that you'd find in Australia. For a wonderful time surfing the waters within the sprawl, head to El Porto in Manhattan Beach. Number eight, Surf Rider Beach. Again, we head back to Malibu. Not everyone calls it Surf Rider. Actually, its official name is Malibu State Lagoon. But you can probably imagine why folks thought it prudent to change the moniker. Here, you can do your best Johnny Utah impression, scouting out the awesome swells this unique beach often has in store. Like El Porto, Surfrider is home to a number of competitions that occur throughout the year. Also, a marathon whose course is located in the area. This one is probably not for beginners, so before you take on Surfrider, make sure you feel comfortable in your own skill set. 
But when people talk about the beaches of Los Angeles, I think this is what they mean. You could practically see the young Gidget, a big kahuna-esque figure, delighted young people playing volleyball or working on their tans. Surfrider epitomizes the idea of the Southern California surfer. If you only have an opportunity to visit one spot in the Los Angeles area, this is where you should go. Surfrider Beach in Malibu. Number seven, Sunset Cliffs. This is in Point Loma in the San Diego area. Now, to be completely transparent, I reached out to my cousin who has lived in the San Diego area for going on 20 years now. Every opportunity that he gets, he cruises to one of these surfing spots and makes a go for it. So I feel comfortable in his recommendation, as should you. Now, I have visited the area in question, inarguably gorgeous, of course, located close to Ocean Beach. This is actually a relatively centralized spot that many surfers in the San Diego community absolutely swear by. I've been told the waves here are not crazy, so this is one that anybody on the surfing spectrum can interact with. Sunset Cliffs, a beautiful seaside paradise in San Diego. Number six, staying in San Diego, moving down the coast a little bit to Wind and Sea Beach. I said it a little bit slower than it's actually spelled. There are no spaces in between the three words here, just wind and sea. This one's located in the ritzy La Jolla portion of the city and plays host to tens of thousands of visitors every single year. There's what's known as the Wind and Sea Shack located on the beach, which is something of a local landmark as of this recording. They're on at least their third incarnation of the shack as the first two were unable to survive the elements. And it's from the Wind and Sea Shack that you'll often see folks doing their best Rob Machado impressions surfing the waves outside in the Pacific. Wind and Sea is distinctly San Diego, distinctly Southern California, a lovely entry point for those looking to mount a challenge to people like Laird Hamilton in their quest to be the best surfer on the planet. Wind and Sea sounds like an unfinished nautical-themed property on the Las Vegas Strip, but it's not. It exists, and you don't have to go to the Mojave Desert to see it. Just grab your longboard and head directly to La Jolla to survey the scene at Wind and Sea Beach. Number five, let's go north all the way up to San Luis Obispo County, where we stop with our boards at Cayucas State Beach. This is in between Morro Bay and San Luis Obispo, and a dynamic surfing spot very close to the northern boundary of the sprawl. Cayucas best caters to beginning surfers. 
So if you are inclined to teach your own Gidget how to surf, this would be an excellent place to do that. If you want to take the whole family, a great afternoon would include a visit to the nearby Morro Bay Rock. It's really something else. It's been covered on a prior episode of the podcast before embarking upon a day at the beach surfing the manageable waves at Cayucas. For those closer to the central coast, those on the road, or those that wish to begin their dalliance with surfing in a great environment, Cayucas should be the move. Number four, Rincon Point, or just Rincon. This is... Well, there's some debate as to actually where this technically happens to be located. Some would argue Santa Barbara County, others Ventura. Wherever you stand on the issue, know that it's basically on the border between those two counties. This is another one of those world-famous spots that professional surfers and amateurs alike have enjoyed for decades. A must for anybody with a subscription to Surfing Magazine. Rincon is pound for pound the best place to surf anywhere in either Ventura or Santa Barbara counties. The waves are impressive but not intimidating. And if you aren't entirely interested in a day spent surfing, there are a bunch of other activities that you can engage with. Representing Ventura and Santa Barbara County, it's Rincon or Rincon Point. Number two, Trestles, located in both San Clemente and San Onofre, Orange County and San Diego County. Here we have a variety of options for all skill levels. We've got upper trestles, lower trestles, and surprise, surprise, middle trestles. These are positioned across this particular section of coastline with upper trestles being maybe the more famous of the three, but also the most difficult. No joke, upper trestles should only be approached by those on at least the intermediate skill level. An immensely popular spot, Trestles, has fought off attempts from developers to basically run a freeway or a toll road portion of a freeway that would kind of screw up the beach situation here. Thankfully, all of Trestles remains open and accessible to the public. And for those interested in such things... The portion of trestles in the city of San Clemente is located right next to the Western White House. That's right, when former U.S. President Dick Nixon resigned the office, he set up shop at La Casa Pacifica in San Clemente, right next to trestles. I would be extremely surprised if Richard Nixon ever surfed, but I have not done the legwork on that particular question to see if I'm right or not. But for those uninterested in any of that, the rest of Trestles is absolutely gorgeous, a wonderful place for surfers, and that's why it's here at number two on our list of the best surfing spots in the Southern California sprawl. 
And that means we've arrived at our number one spot. We go to Newport Beach, my hometown, although no favoritism here, The Wedge. This internationally reputable spot is known across the globe for being the site of massive waves. This is not, I repeat, not a spot for beginners. We're talking waves 30 feet high. I was always warned about the wedge growing up in Newport, and I tried to do some light body surfing one time. It did not go great. The wedge is located to the side of the Newport jetty, and as I said, is the kind of spot that those interested in surfing know everywhere in the world. As dangerous as it is enthralling, the wedge demonstrates that you don't have to go all the way to Hawaii to get your surf on. If you've practiced enough, you're talented enough, you're good enough, and you'd like to conquer the most challenging surf spot anywhere in Southern California, I dare say you best be headed to the wedge. And that's going to do it for a, another episode of the podcast. We would like to thank everyone for their continued support. A couple of easy ways to demonstrate such support. Hop on Apple, iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a kind review. That type of stuff really helps us out on the business end. Follow us on Instagram. The handle is Living in the Sprawl Podcast. If you'd like to correspond with the team here, we invite you to write us a thoughtfully composed email and send it to livinginthesprawlpodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to remind you about our phenomenal bonus content that is only available to Patreon or Apple subscription subscribers. It's here that you'll gain access to bonus episodes covering the best burgers in the sprawl, best ice cream, fish markets, pancakes, barbecue, and much, much more. Also on the website, that's where you'll find our fantastic array of merchandise. Everything from mugs, pens, magnets. If you can think of it and it's Living in the Sprawl related, our website is the place to get your hands on that merchandise. Also, the website is where you'll find our extremely helpful Living in the Sprawl guide. You don't want to have to go back diving through the archives, scouring an episode for that one specific recommendation you might have heard, I don't know, like a year ago. Don't do that. Get your hands on a copy of the Living in the Sprawl guide instead. On behalf of myself, I am, as always, your humble correspondent and host. My name is John Steinberg. The other member of the team here is my lovely and talented producer slash wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team at Sprawl Enterprises. Wanting to thank all of you for listening to yet another episode of Living in the Sprawl. Southern California's most adventurous podcast. We'll talk again soon.